lie, this one took me a long time to actually make. I, I this, but I thought it was important, so I decided to make this part of the Sunday special. And you notice I left a lot of room over here, so I could put a lot of uh, uh, vid, uh, not video, but uh, pictures up there. We need to talk about this airstrike that actually killed um, Kassam Salami. Sol Amani. I, I, I haven't written twice here because I'm going to forget his name throughout the entire video. This was a huge killing. Uh, so let's let's talk about actually what happened. Because <laughs> there seems to be... there. I waited a couple of days to find out what had happened, and now I have. The reaction has been absolutely awesome, and that's why I thought, okay, this is going to be a Sunday, because it's going to be more than an hour, so or more than a half hour. And so the Dave rule is going to be in effect. He knows this. I already told him. Um, so basically, we talked about this on Tuesday. We talked about, by the way, you notice I shaved? Nice and shaved. Uh we talked about this on Tuesday. Essentially, last weekend, uh, Iranian Hezbollah fighters had performed a terrorist attack on American forces, killing one defense contractor, American defense contractor. The United States responded by uh, actually sending missiles to several uh, sites where the Hezbollah uh, militia were located, uh, killing about 25 Hezbollah fighters. These Hezbollah fighters are financed by the Iranians. So, right off the bat, you can tell this is, again, another Iranian proxy thing. So, Iran decided that, you know what? Let's really make a mess and let's go in and um, storm the embassy in Iraq. So, they didn't hide this. <coughs> I know the news media called them protesters and things like that. They weren't protesters. These guys were wearing the uniforms of Hezbollah. They were dressed as Hezbollah. There were no women. This is not was not a protest. This was a terrorist attack. Okay, well, what we didn't know, what President Trump and the intelligence agency knew, that the main leader, Qasem Soleimani, was actually at the embassy watching the attack the balls on this guy. He was there. The United States, of course, is monitoring it from, you know, drones and, and satellites and things like that. They're monitoring this whole thing and they spot Soleimani. So the protest is going on. The United States is beginning to respond. They're sending Apaches and they're sending troops and things like that. So Soleimani decides, okay, it's time to take off. And he decides to drive over to the Baghdad airport so that he could actually go wherever he's going, presumably to Iran. Well, here's the problem for Soleimani, not for us. He's being followed by the United States. The United States is tracking him. The intelligence community talks to Trump and says, we've got this guy, Soleimani, bad guy, bad guy. And we'll talk about how bad he is. We got him. Trump says, do it. A drone launches a, a couple of missiles, takes out. There were two cars in the party. 
in the first car, there was a uh, group of bodyguards, supposedly, that haven't been fully identified. In the second car was Salami, uh, Soleimani. I'm sorry, I'm going to mess that up all the time. And the head of the Hezbollah uh, uh, group. Bomb hits, blows into smithereens. The only way they knew that it was Soleimani, uh, Soleimani, the only way they knew it was him was they found his ring. He was still thrown apart. The guy wears the same ring. If you watch videos of the guy, he's got that big black ugly thing on his hand. I mean, it looks like a, he's, I don't know, like, you know, Godfather or something. Kiss my ring. Things like that. But it was, that is how they identified the guy. Iran confirmed he was killed. And now we know Soleimani and his number two for Hezbollah, gone. Wiped off the face of the earth. Now, how bad is this Soleimani? Soleimani has been in the picture in Iranian politics for about 20 years. And he is responsible for all terrorist activity within Iran. Iran, everyone says Iran's not terrorists, they're, they're mellow. No, they're not. They're not. They are still systemically a terrorist organization. Soleimani was the second in command. He was under the Ayatollah. That was it. He was in charge of everything. He has been responsible for terrorist activities that extend at least two continents, probably more. He's responsible for terrorist attacks in Europe. He's responsible for terrorist attacks in Northern Africa. And supposedly he's responsible for terrorist attacks in Asia. He is not a good guy. He is responsible for the deaths of at least 600 troopers, uh, 600 soldiers during the Iraq war. And we're not even sure what he did in the um, Afghani war. He was responsible for the terrorist activities occurring in Syria. He was responsible for the terrorist attack on the United States just last week that killed that American contractor. And he was responsible for the terrorist attack on the U.S. Embassy in, in Baghdad. This was a bad freaking guy. He probably, he is also responsible for the suppression of the protests in Iran itself. So Iran, you may uh, we've heard in previous podcasts, Iranians are protesting because Iranians are progressive. They're more American-based, democracy-based than the mullahs, which are they're theocratic. They believe their religion determines all, and they want to keep power. It was Soleimani that was responsible for actually. Subs- suppressing those protests and who knows how many were killed there we don't even know how many were killed there so this was a this was definitely a really 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 bad guy trump responded on twitter general kasem salamni solomani has killed or badly wounded thousands of americans over an extended period of time and was plotting to kill many more but got caught. He was directly responsible. He was directly and indirectly responsible for the death of millions of people, including the recent large number of protesters killed 
in Iran itself. While Iran will never be able to properly admit it, Soleimani was both hated and feared within the country. They are not nearly as saddened as their leaders will let, uh, let the outside world believe. He should have been taken out many years ago. And then, for the coup de grace, I kid you not, he released that. Tell me that is not awesome. So, how did the Middle East respond? Well, uh, Kalamani Jr., I guess he is one of the other guys, he responded, that guy has tweeted that we see Iran responsible for the events in Baghdad, and we will respond to Iran. First, you can't do anything. Second, you were illogical, which you're not. You'd see that your crimes in Iraq, Afghanistan have made nations hate you. Okay, so what? This was right, actually, that was right before. Rouhani, who is actually the chief mullah, um, after the death, the flag of Soleimani in defense of the country's territorial integrity and the fight against terrorism and extremism in the region will be raised. The path of resistance to the U.S. excesses will continue. The great nation of Iran will take revenge for this heinous crime. Okay, so um, there are threats here. They're going to retaliate. Well, they're going to retaliate in their own way. But I do want to point out in that first tweet, that first tweet actually showed that this was before Soleimani was, was killed. It, they had no fear at this point. They really weren't afraid of anything from the United States. Now they are. So, retaliation. What are we actually looking at? Well, I think we're looking at some retaliation. I think um, there will be attacks on Saudi Arabia. There will be attacks on possibly Europe, um, Syria, Iraq. Things will continue on. Um, maybe Israel. Israel, they're going to have a harder time justifying because Israel is a U.S. ally. And Israel... I don't think the U.S. is going to tolerate too much for, from Hezbollah attacking Israel. So I, I think that's going to be kind of an issue. And I think that's going to be an issue for Iran. Because I think uh, Israel is about done with the attacks that they've been going through. And I think that the United States is about done. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next, I'd say, week, week and a half. Uh, believe it or not, I took a day off, and more stuff is coming out as we speak. So, here's here's the big shocker. There seems to be some confusion with the Iraqis. The Iraqis don't seem all that... <coughs> I'm, I'm still fighting it a little bit. But the Iraqis don't seem all that upset. Oh, my Lord. Fox News just released the video of them blowing up the car. So you can see things are moving really fast. And wow. As of last night, the U.S. bombed another Hezbollah stronghold. You can see things are really moving fast. It's really hard to keep up. That's why I decided, okay, we need to talk about this right now. Um, 
but the Iraqis didn't get the news flash from the Iranians because apparently they're pretty happy Soleimani is dead. Last night, or the night before, they started celebrating, running through the streets. Uh, if you're on the Vcast, you can watch it. I'll give you a little snippet on the podcast. Very interesting to see how things actually work. As we'll see later on, apparently it's only the Americans are upset that we killed this terrorist. Um, but the the bad news comes. There it is. So the travel department, the State Department released a travel advisory. Uh, hashtag Iraq U.S. citizens in Iraq or concerned about loved ones in Iraq can contact the Department of State at the phone numbers, avoid the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad, monitor local and international media for updates. So you can see things are not going to be, they're not going to be peaceful. Uh, we're already being prepared for this. We're already sitting back and saying this is going to be bad. Uh, there are going to be repercussions. The United States is not stupid enough to believe there aren't going to be repercussions with this whole thing. The United States already knows we're going to have issues. We're going to run into air, run into issues. So President Trump yesterday uh, actually talked about it for the first time at a press conference um, about the killing of Soleimani. It had much of the same thematic and drama that the killing of al-Baghdadi actually had. And uh, let's listen to that executed a flawless precision strike that killed the number one terrorist anywhere in the world, Qasem Soleimani. Soleimani was plotting imminent and sinister attacks on American diplomats and military personnel, but we caught him in the act and terminated him. Under my leadership, America's policy is unambiguous to terrorists who harm or intend to harm any American. We will find you. We will eliminate you. We will always protect our diplomats, service members, all Americans, and our allies. For years, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and its ruthless Quds Force under Soleimani's leadership has targeted, injured, and murdered hundreds of American civilians and servicemen. The recent attacks on U.S. targets in Iraq, including rocket strikes that killed an American and injured four American servicemen very badly, as well as a violent assault on our embassy in Baghdad, were carried out at the direction of Soleimani. Soleimani made the death of innocent people his sick passion, contributing to terrorist plots as far away as New Delhi and London, Today, we remember and honor the victims of Soleimani's many atrocities, and we take comfort 
in knowing that his reign of terror is over. Pretty straightforward speech. I mean, not a lot to say there. He, we found him, we killed him, and that's it. United States is done. As long as we have this type of leadership in this country, Iran is not going to be able to get away with much of anything. And considering we've already tried ignoring them, we've already tried appeasement, this is the last straw. It's the only thing we can do. And uh, there are going to be consequences for it. But I think the consequences that the United States faces and the rest of the world face are consequences we're going to have to face eventually. So, <coughs> let's talk about the what everybody else thinks about this. Now, I'm not going to talk too much about the what the Republicans think about it, because we all already know what they think, what conservatives think, what Republicans think. We know this. But it's just so fun to look at what the left thinks. So... First, let's hit up with the UN, because you know the UN is going to have the typical response. Anytime we don't ask them for permission on anything we do, they're going to start destroying us. So they had the typical response. A UN reporter, Agnes Kalamarad, you can look it up here, whatever. She said, pound Iraq, the targeted killings of Qassam Soleimani and Abdu Mandi al-Mandis are most likely unlawful and violate international human rights law. Oh, that's a that's a kick. Outside the contact of active hostilities, the use of drones or other means of targeted killing is almost never to be legal. No. I, this is a terrorist. And because of that, it doesn't violate any laws, international laws or any other American laws. It doesn't violate, as we'll see when we talk about Marianne Williamson, who's an idiot. Um, this guy had already killed a contractor. This guy had already organized a terrorist attack on uh, the U.S. Embassy. This is just the typical garbage. It, and, and by the way, the U.N., send them out of the United States. I'm sure we could build a Domino's and a Starbucks where the UN building is located, tear it down, send them to Venezuela, let them do their things, because the UN is far from the bastion of human rights. Let's take a look at what they've done. Um, they have embraced China, even though China supports sweatshops and illegal arrests, and they oppress, they've been impressing Hong Kong and there's been no comments about that from the UN. What about the dictatorship in Venezuela? People are starving. The average person has lost over 20 pounds in Venezuela. And the government just uses their forces to hold them down. Venezuela hasn't been kicked out of the UN yet. Venezuela hasn't been condemned for human rights violations. We kill a terrorist and we're violating human rights. Yeah, I don't think so. What about the human rights abuses in Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Afghanistan, and Iran? There's a ton. They throw gays off of roots, roofs or cut their heads off. Women are completely oppressed. They have absolutely no rights. You know what's ironic about that? 
All those groups are part of the UN Human Rights Council. So why are we going to listen to the UN? The UN is just garbage. But now let's talk about, of course, the Democrats in this country, because you know this is not going well. This was a huge victory for Trump. He has killed two of the, well, I'm sorry, three of the top terrorists in the world. Some argue that the kill of Soleimani, and I'm going to make that argument, is more effect, effect is more significant than the killing of Osama bin Laden. So Adam Schiff, let's look at Schiff and comrades Schiff and Pelosi and see what they say. Adam Schiff, Soleimani was responsible for unthinkable violence, and the world is better without him. But, which means ignore what I just said. Whenever you see a whenever someone says a line and then it has a but, ignore everything he just said. Congress didn't authorize, and American people don't want war with Iran. All steps must now be taken to protect our forces against almost inevitable uh, escalation of increased risk. Here's a news flash: This wasn't a declaration of war against Iran. Do you know why? It wasn't a bombing in Iran. It was the bombing of an Iranian, a terrorist in Iran. I guess, I guess that gives Schiff more impeachment options. I don't know. But no, Congress doesn't have to be known. Because here's the thing. Where was Congress when Obama killed bin Laden? Congress wasn't involved in that killing. So Adam Schiff is talking out his butt. Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi truly believe that Congress has more power than the president or the legal system. That's why none of their witnesses showed up during this impeachment thing. They really do feel they have far more power. Uh, Nancy Pelosi said, and here we go, it's going to be the same thing pretty much. American leaders' highest priority is to protect American lives and interests. But we cannot put the lives of American service members, diplomats, and others further at risk by engaging provocative and disproportionate actions. Tonight's airstrike risks provoking further dangerous escalation or violence. America and the world, that's kind of important. We'll talk about why that's important. Cannot afford to have tensions escalate to the point of no return. Um, there's more. The administration has conducted tonight's airstrikes in Iraq, targeting high-level Iranian military officials and killing Iranian Quds uh, Force Commander Qasem Soleimani without the authorization of use of military force against Iran. Which, by the way, it wasn't the use of military force against Iran, so she's already wrong there. She's trying to make sound... She's a politician. She's trying to sound official and she's trying to make it sound like, oh my God, we got something else to impeach him on. Further, this action was taken without consultation of Congress, of the Congress. Trump does not need to con consult Congress for killing a terrorist. It, the law has already been determined. It's a done deal. He didn't attack Iran. The full Congress must be immediately briefed on the serious situation and on the next steps under consideration by the administration, including significant escalation of the deployment of additional troops. No, he doesn't need to do that. That is all garbage. 
He doesn't need to do a darn thing. Congress doesn't need to know anything. And if Congress has a problem, you know what Congress can do? Go to the courts and demand it. And then let them prove it in court. Which is why they don't have any witnesses in their impeachment thing, because they never went to court. They don't have anything. They've got nothing. This was a huge victory for Trump. And now the Democrats look really bad. They look like they've been sitting on their hands with this impeachment crap for six months. Well, two and a half years. Let's call it what it is. And now he's done something else and they're trying to minimize what he's done. And why in God's name would freaking Trump tell them anything? It's just going to end up on the front page of the New York Times the next day. Thanks to leaky, creaky Adam Schiff. It's garbage. And these people are living in some sort of fantasy world where they have all this power and no one else does. It's insane. Oh, but Congress, they went crazier. Let's take a look at how idiotic the squad actually sounded during this whole thing. So Ilhan Omar, she'll be our first person. So if Trump wants to, if Trump wants war, knows this leads to war. So what if Trump wants war, knows this leads to war, and needs a distraction? Real question is, will those with congressional authority step in and stop him? I know I will. What does that mean? Um, he's not declaring war. He killed a terrorist. The problem is, Ilhan Omar doesn't think people like that are terrorists. They think they're good people and things like that. Oh, come on, stop. Oh, jeez. Um, and then we got the other anti-Semite. Well, first off, one more thing about Ilhan Omar. She's probably really disappointed because who knows? She probably was married to the guy at one point. So let's go to Rashida Tlaib. We cannot stay silent as this lawless president. He hasn't broken any laws. Do you know why? No one is arguing that he broke the law. Lawless president recklessly moves us closer to yet another unnecessary war. He hasn't moved us into any wars. Those were the other presidents, including Barack Obama, which, by the way, didn't serve one day in his presidency where he didn't have troops fighting. But that's okay. That puts innocent lives at risk at home and across the globe. No, puts actually protects innocent lives. We were already being attacked. So, no. Congress alone has the authority to declare war, and we must reclaim the responsibility and say no war with Iran. Uh, President Trump doesn't want war with Iran. He never declared war on Iran. He never even attacked Iran. He attacked Iraq. I mean, to be honest with you, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, Trump should have killed a Jew and they would have had nothing to say. But here's the brain trust of the squad. And she really took a while to present this one because I really think she didn't know what to say. <coughs> or maybe she had to break out a thesaurus and a dictionary <coughs> to find other words to make her look smart. So this is what she said. Last night, the president engages in what is widely being recognized as an act of war against Iran. It's being widely recognized by the left. 
Nobody else. You didn't hear Germany screaming, this is an act of war. You didn't hear Iraq screaming, this was an act of war. You didn't hear Syria or Russia or China or any other place scream, this is an act of war. The only two countries that are screaming this is an act of war is, well, the only two uh, uh, platforms is Iran, the UN, which no one cares about anyway, and the left in the United States. No one else is screaming this is an act of war. You just killed another terrorist. Go to Britain or Germany where this guy was actually committing terrorist acts. They'll be saying good riddance. Anyway. One that now risks the lives of millions of innocent people. Now is the moment to prevent war and protect innocent people. The question for many is how, publicly or congressionally, you try to impeach him again. Because that's, that's going to work so well for you guys. So go for it. Right now is the moment to decide if you are pro-peace or not. Everyone's pro-peace. Because I'm pro-Trump doesn't mean I'm not pro-peace. Again, she's polarizing everything, which is what the left does. The left polarizes absolutely everything. It's a stupid comment. It's like saying you're either pro-choice or you're pro-abortion. Um, I'm pro-choice, but I'm also anti-abortion. Sorry. The cheerleaders of war, removed from its true cost, will gladly convince you that, it, that up is down. And as they did in the Iraq War in 2003. <coughs> the Iraq War in 2003, it's not even a comparison. Uh, the Iraq War, we did actually start a war with Iraq. There was not even a question there. This was not a declaration of war on Iran. And by the way, up and down, that's what she's doing right now. So listen to what she says here. But war does not establish peace. War does not create security. War endangers. War endangers all of us. Okay. Well, I this I, I I'm sorry she took so long to come up with this because it was a terrible tweet, and but the over dramatization is awesome. I just think she could have done it in a lot quicker time. Soleimani was in Iraq committing a terrorist act. At that moment, he was committing a terrorist act against the U.S. Embassy. He was there. They saw him. His troops were the ones attacking the embassy. If you look at the video, they had their uniforms on. This is not rocket science. Science. Trump killed a known terrorist. That's it. End of story. Um, Iran doesn't want war any more than the United States does. Because the United States isn't going to kill Iranian citizens. They don't even want to kill Iranian troops. They want to kill the mullahs. And that's what this actually showed. We didn't go over an Iranian troop. We went over an Iranian general. We went over a Hezbollah leader. We killed true terrorists. Her last lines assumes we're at war, and that's just absolutely stupid. Do you know what would have prevented the, the Iraqi war in 2003? How about the killing of Osama bin Laden in 2002? 
I guarantee you if we had killed Osama bin Laden, there would not have been an Iraq war in 2003. Moving on, we also have to hear what our uh, uh, Democratic our Democratic presidential candidates had to say, and they had quite a bit. So let's go in order of who's actually winning and who's not. So let's start with our boy Joe Biden, old sleepy, creepy Joe. He said, no American will mourn Qasem Soleimi's passing. He deserved to be brought to justice for his crimes against American troops and thousands of innocents throughout the region. He supported terror and sowed chaos. None of that negates the fact that this is a hugely escalatory move in an already dangerous region. The administration statement says that its goal is, the is to deter future attacks by Iran. <coughs> but this action almost certainly will have the opposite effect. President Trump just tossed a stick of dynamite in a tinderbox, and he owes the American people an explanation of the strategy and plan to keep our troops and embassy personnel safe. Our people and our interests here, uh, both here and at home and abroad, and our partners throughout the region and beyond. I am not privy to the intelligence and much remains unknown, but Iran will surely respond. We could be on the brink of a major conflict across the Middle East. I hope the administration has thought through the second and third order consequences and the path they have chosen, but I fear this administration has not demonstrated at any turn the discipline or long-term vision necessary, uh, the, and the stakes could not be higher. Um, first off, I find it bizarre this coming from Joe Biden. He was probably the worst with any type of foreign policy. Also, this assumes that the region was already stable. The region was never stable. So, right off the bat, the things we need to take up is that the region was stable before and Trump just made it unstable. The only, go the only destiny here is war and that Sal Salemi was a bad guy. So, Trump is, it, okay, we got that. So let's hear what Bernie Sanders, who's actually second, <coughs> who's actually second in the president in the uh, uh, initial voting, he says, quote, I tweeted, when I voted against the war in Iraq in 2002, I feared it would lead to a great lead to greater destabilization, destabilization of the region. That fear unfortunately unfortunately, turned out to be true. The U.S. has lost approximately 4,500 brave troops, tens of thousands have been wounded, and we've spent trillions. Okay, so uh, at least Bernie's not exactly off here. Um, again, the reason we went to war in 2002 is because they were already unstable and they rammed planes into several of our buildings in this country, so <clears throat> Unfortunately, war not having war over there led to terrorism here. So he's not completely correct. Um, the U.S. has lost approximately 4,500 brave troops. Well, here's the reality is this guy has killed more. 
and he aims he's aimed at US troops and he was caught in the middle of a terrorist attack and they had ideas that there was going to be a terrorist attack so okay and when did bernie get worried about spending trillions of dollars come on now i do want to point out one thing um no i will i'll point it out later so anyway that's great and then there is Elizabeth Warren and her comment on the killing. The top, let me make sure this is Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, this is Elizabeth Warren. Uh, the top priority of the commander-in-chief must be to protect Americans and our national security interests. There is no question that Qasem Soleimi was a threat to our, to that safety and security, and that he masterminded threats and attacks on Americans and our allies, leading to hundreds of deaths. Um, it's closer to tens of thousands of deaths, but okay, well, let's not piddle over words. But there are serious questions about how this decision was made and whether we are prepared for its consequences. As a former military intelligence officer, on the, oh, I'm sorry, this is Mayor Pete, I'm sorry, let me repeat that. As uh, He's actually beating Warren right now. As a former military intelligence officer on the ground in Afghanistan, I was trained to ask the hard questions before acting. A commander-in-chief must do the same. Okay, notice he has to throw in there that he was in the military. I'm surprised he's not throwing in there that he's gay and he's for God, but that's coming. No, it's not. I'm just kidding. Before engaging military action that could destabilize the entire region, again, there's the assumption that it's stable, we must take a strategic, deliberate approach that includes consultation with Congress, our allies, and stakeholders in the Middle East. Here's the thing. When you start engaging in all these with all these people, then our plans either never come up because nobody ever agrees or the enemy finds out about the plans. The point was, this was a spur-of-the-moment thing. They had him. They went after him. You don't have time to consult everybody. And to be honest with you, everybody does not really care about the country. I don't care what Germany thinks. I definitely don't care what the UN thinks. And Congress has shown me what they think. They only think that <coughs> they're looking for the failure of Donald Trump. And this was a success. Before engage, uh, blah, blah, blah. Now we must deal with the consequences of this action, beginning with the immediate and very real dangers to American citizens in and out of uniform in the Middle East. We must prepare for impact on regional, uh, on regional, uh, regional stability, complex forms, complex forms of retaliation, and the potential for escalation into war. He assumes that everything he just said we didn't have. We always had a complex situa situation. We just killed the guy who promoted the most terrorism in the world, and you're worried about terrorism? As we learn more in the coming days and weeks, one thing is clear. This must not be the start of another endless war, blah, blah, blah. But we must act wisely and deliberately. Yeah, okay. I... It's just, it's the same thing out of these guys. It's the same bloody thing. There's, there's so many assumptions here. We're going to get to that. Let's go into Elizabeth Warren, who's now number four. Sol Soleimani was a murderer responsible for the deaths of thousands 
including hundreds of Americans. But his reckless move, this reckless move escalates the situation with Iran and increases the likelihood more deaths and new Middle East conflict. Our priority must be to keep must be to avoid another costly war. <coughs> Parroting the same thing. These guys must seriously get together and talk about this stuff because they're just saying the same thing. And speaking of the same thing, let's go to Amy Klobuchar. Qasem Soleimi was responsible for directing Iran's destabilizing actions in Iraq, Syria, and the Middle East, including attacks against U.S. forces. But the timing, manner, and potential consequences of the administration's actions raise questions and concerns about the escalating conflict. Okay, so in other words, he was responsible for a destabilized Middle East. So at least she's admitting it was destabilized. Our immediate focus needs to be on ensuring all necessary measures are taken to protect U.S. and diplomatic personnel in Iraq and throughout the region. The administration needs to fully consult the Congress. No, he doesn't. He shouldn't. They're miserable people. On its decision-making, response plans, and strategy for preventing wider conflict. Okay, so let's, let's take a couple of things out of this whole thing. They basically all all said the same thing. I think only Bernie didn't say the same thing, but Bernie, Bernie's Bernie. So let's take a look at what these folks have seen, because if you really look at it, it's not a good look. The first thing is Soleimani is bad. He's not a good guy. He's a terrorist. There's no question. No one disagrees with that except Bernie, which not a shock. Second, that this move has put us into war and that Congress should have been contacted. This wasn't a declaration of war. This guy, what would have been the difference <coughs> between this guy being shot down and a regular terrorist off the street being killed? That's essentially what happened. This guy left the scene of a terrorist attack and was killed. Just happened to be Soleimani. I got to look at my, see if I can find my notes, because I could never, I could never, uh, Soleimani. So, this doesn't do either. We don't need to talk to Congress. We don't need to talk to our allies. When we get an opportunity, we need to take the opportunity. And there's no reason to discuss Congress, because this isn't a declaration of war. So, I'm not exactly sure where these guys are coming from. They all admit, they all say that this will destabilize the region. Well, let's say, let, let's see, we got a civil war in Syria that's been going on for over 10 years. We've got a proxy war with Iran and Saudi Arabia and Yemen that's been going on for four or five years. You've got the Palestinians, whatever that is, because there's no such thing as Palestine, actually um, sending missiles over the border into Israel. Um, you've got riots in Iran. What exactly is stable in the Middle East? Now, what's blaring, what is deafening, is what none of these people say. What they're basically admitting is they wouldn't have done anything. I wouldn't have killed Soleimani. I would not have killed him. So, in other words, you'd let the guy go. 
That's that appeasement crap we've been talking about earlier. In other words, all these guys, and this is what Trump's going to bring up. If if a dumbass like me can come up with this stuff, Trump's team is going to figure this out. So you guys wouldn't have done a thing. I've killed two terrorists with one bomb and major terrorists. And you guys wouldn't have done anything. You're, You're criticizing the president because he decided to do something about it. I mean, Soleimani has been around for 20 years under the Clinton, Bush, and Obama administrations. They didn't do nothing. They didn't do anything. Did that solidify the Middle East? It's just, it's, it's really, it's a bad look for the Democrats. They really do look bad here. But here's the, the one Democrat I, I decided to wait till last was Marianne Williamson. And I, a presidential candidate. I I don't think she's a candidate much longer because she just fired her entire staff. And she says, and it's just, it's typical Marianne Williamson, just so dumb. She says, the Constitution says, congressional approval is necessary to declare war. (coughs) Okay, yeah, it does say that. So? But since 9-11, Congress has passed and regularly reauthorized the National Defense Authorization Act, which gives the president broad authority to do whatever he thinks is necessary to fight terrorism. Thank you, Marianne, for coming to Trump's defense. Here's a newsflash. He would never have had to go to Congress. This goes way outside any of this. He could have done this even before that act was passed. But I want to thank Marianne Williamson for defending President Trump. And we can retweet that and CC uh, uh, and um, uh, tag all of the presidential candidates so they understand that President Trump doesn't need to go to Congress and Marianne, because Marianne Williamson says so. So now we go from the stupid to the stupider because there is nothing better than, well, let, let, me, let me start it up. Anthony Hopkins, the guy who played Hannibal Lecter in The Silence of the Lambs, was once asked, you know, why doesn't he talk about politics? He just doesn't talk about politics. And he gave a, an intelligent answer. He said it's such a bright... But he said one of the right reasons that actors shouldn't be talking about politics, he said not just him, he just doesn't understand them. They're too broad and they change too often and it's dumb anyway and people lie so you never really have the truth. But he said one of the reasons actors shouldn't, shouldn't talk politics is because actors are pretty stupid. Well, guess what? We got a couple of them here on Twitter. And Twitter must be uh, Slovakian for stupid actors because they always they always do this. So the first one, I'm not going to say much about these because they're just, they're just, whoa. Uh, John Cusack <coughs> says, Trump is a full, is Trump in full fascist 101 mode. Dash steal and lie until there's nothing left and start a war. He's so idiotic, he doesn't know he just attacked Iran, and that's not like anywhere else. Now, here's the problem. This is why actors act and don't write. You don't see a lot of actors who actually act in the movies that they've written, because they usually don't, their written movies suck. This makes so little sense, what he just said. So you just attacked attacked Iran. Well, no, he didn't. He attacked Iraq. The attack was in Iraq. So right off the bat, he's he's wrong 
And that's not like anywhere else. What does that mean? And I love the whole fascist thing because in the fascist thing, if Trump were a fascist, a, a dictator or whatever, John Cusack would send this out and Trump would arrest him, throw him in a, in a, uh, um, a gulag someplace. So it's just dumb. So, but that wasn't the dumb one of the week. The dumb one of the week comes from Rose McGowan. <coughs> and I read, when I read this to somebody, I, I had to explain who Rose McGowan was. And this was just a dumb tweet. So here it is. Dear Pound Iran, DUSA has disrespected your country, your flag, and your people. 52% of us humbly apologize. We want peace with your nation. We are being held hostage by a terrorist regime. We do not know how to escape. Please do not kill us. Wow. If there was ever a more traitorous statement than that, I can't think of what it is. Uh, I think Rose McGowan, and actually this did start a, uh, a, a new hashtag on Twitter called go to Iran or live in Iran. I think that's what Miss McGowan needs to do because she's the same one who is a, a pound me too and all those other things. You know what? Go live in Iran. See what real freaking fascism, what real terrorism is. Go live over there. You may need to change a little bit of your wardrobe and things like that. But I think the guts for this gal to say anything like that what a shame she is. And she did get shamed on Twitter. There was no question. This was completely outside the realm. But this shows you just how these celebrities... And, hey, we haven't talked about Colin, Colin Kaepernick. He left a bunch of crap on the internet that I'm not even going to bother with simply because I didn't include it in the initial blog. Maybe we'll include it tomorrow. I don't know. And of course, the Grammys are tonight. So who knows what that's going to come up with. Uh, Eddie Gervais is running it. So I've got a feeling it could be a little looser than that. But these guys are just so outside the mainframe. They really have no idea what they're talking about. So let me give you my final thoughts about this. I'm already double the Dave rule, but I, I think this was an important thing. I think Lindsey Graham said it best on Fox News the other night. All the things Soleimani had done in the past were real, but he is not dead today because of what he did in the past. He's dead today because he miscalculated what President Trump would do regarding the future attacks. He's absolutely correct. The reason Soleimani was in Iraq was to oversee the terrorist attack on the U.S. Embassy in Iraq. That's where they saw him. That's where they found him. You know why he was there? <coughs> you know why he was there? And he had to know the United States was monitoring the situation because the United States in the past never did anything about it. Red line after red line was drawn up by past administration administrations, specifically the past administration. And all that happened was that Iran got richer. This was the first time that Iran realized, oh, crap. They're now going to punch us in the face. 
and Iran, I'm sorry, not Iraq, but Iran does not know what to do. Soleimani would have been fine if he had stayed in Iran, ran it from Iran, been afraid like he should have been afraid, but he was not afraid because past administrations gave him reason not to be afraid. So, Soleimani is dead because of Soleimani. Um, the United States, the left reminds me of Stuart Smalley. Do you remember Stuart Smalley? In my um, blog, I actually included a Stuart Smalley thing. He's an SNL character played by Al Franken. There's irony. And one of the things he always said, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. I'm sure you've heard this before. Again, I've got copyright issues. I'm not going to play it because I don't want to get banned on YouTube. So I won't do it. But here's the thing. Conservatives, how do we think? Well, conservatives, we already know we're good enough. We know we're not only good enough, we're the best. And people should not screw with us. Donald Trump showed that when he bombed the crap out of uh, Soleimani. Made, made him into mincemeat. And by the way, let's not forget, Soleimani committed two acts of terrorism before he lost his life. Killing of that American contractor and injuring five U.S. soldiers, and then they attack on the U.S. Embassy. Conservatives already know we're smart enough. We invented the internet. We invented the car. We, invent, we were the first to land on the moon. We've got spaceships past Pluto right now. We are definitely, our technology is way beyond anyone else's. And conservatives don't give a damn if people like us. We're worried about the United States. I don't, we don't care if Germany likes us. We don't care if Iran likes us. We don't care if anyone likes us. And here's one thing a conservative will tell you. We already know they don't like us. And that's okay. Liberals, on the other hand, and the left especially, liberals aren't so bad, but the left especially, they don't get this. With the left, we're a bad country. We've never been good. We can't be good enough. We've had slavery. We've had Dred Scott. We've had um, women couldn't vote at one time. Now, they don't, they forget that we actually corrected all that. They do forget all of that, but that doesn't matter. We did have that at one point. So we're always going to be a bad country and everybody else is going to be better than we are. That includes Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, the European countries, France. I mean, how many times did Robert Redford sit there and tell us how bad the United States was from France? Never says it from the United States, only says it from France. The left doesn't think we're smart enough. They think that what we've done, all of our accomplishments, all of our technology is based on, on the backs of slaves and um, based on oppression of those who were poor or not as, as, uh, not as privileged. What a load of crap. What an absolute load of crap. Madame Curie was the first woman who discovered radiation. It didn't work out well for her. But she, that was the 1930s she was finding that stuff out. Yeah, we had some problems with voting for women and blacks. We fixed that. We fixed all our problems. And we're a better country now. We've got the strongest economy now. We've got the technologically, we're the most superior in all of human history. But they will not give, hey, we're not smart enough. We have to oppress people. That's 
crap. And when they sit there and say, well, United States was built on 1619 when we brought slaves over, that is an absolute lie. In When United States was discovered in 1776, we were already talking about slavery being bad, but we just didn't want to isolate parts of the country. We needed the country unified. And then, less than 100 years later, we got rid of it. And the, left's, the left, they're globalists. That's what they do. They believe in one world community. They don't believe in borders. They don't believe in law. They believe in law of everybody. They don't believe in nationalism. And when I say nationalism, I'm not talking about white nationalism, which is the alt-right racist and bad, anti-Semitic and bad. I'm talking about nationalism, pride for our country, protection of our own country. That's what nationalism is. And by the way, the opposite of globalism, which means we're all one big world, is national, nationalism, which is, hey, it's us. It's about us. And that's not a bad thing. The left doesn't want everyone to like us, and we need to kowtow to every other country in the world. And that is just wrong. <clears throat> this is just starting. In this podcast, which has taken me two days to record, you might notice the lights changed because it's, it's, I started this on Saturday. It's now Sunday night. So this is going to be released uh, Sunday night, Monday morning. Okay. You might notice that there's a lot going on. Well, more has happened in the last 24 hours. And I'm going to have another podcast tomorrow, be released Tuesday, which will cover some of the other things. Not to mention, there were a few things that I did skip this podcast, including the banning of vaping, which I think is not good. I think this is a mistake for President Trump. And our presidential candidates, it's beginning to whittle down. You can follow me. Let's finish this off. You can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can listen to or download this podcast on, pod, on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. The video cast is found on Vcast, uh, on, uh, excuse me, YouTube. Uh, you can download or, or you can actually look at all of the links, the full videos and graphics, and my show notes at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. This is Gene, and you've listened to a very long Dumbasses talk to politics.